Hello and welcome back to the Bears Rant Podcast. I am your host, Ken Marshall. Let's start talking about the game against the Raiders. Well, the game started out a little out of sync for the Bears offense. Just two plays in and they already had their first procedural penalty. A false start. An all too common problem in years past. In fact, the Bears started with two three-and-out series on offense, wasting a good defensive stand in the middle where they forced the Raiders to go three-and-out. Something the Bears have struggled to do on defense in general. The defense was also out of sync to start the game other than that. It took a few penalties and a few good stops to hold the Raiders to three points early. After a few penalties by the Raiders to keep the Bears on offense and on the field, things started to turn around for both sides of the ball. The Raiders, as is their general operating procedure, you could say, were very physical and tried to draw the Bears into fights. Mario Edwards was too eager to oblige on a couple of occasions, and after the second altercation, the Bears actually benched him. The Raiders put a pretty good beating on fields and he had to leave the game for three plays and I gotta tell you live action it looked like it could have been pretty bad. But although he came back in he played well after that and he is on the injury report this week but he was a full participant both on Wednesday and Thursday, which speaks volumes about his toughness and just the general benefits of being young and healthy. Overall, I thought the Bears matched the physicality of the Raiders and they earned that victory with authority. So a quality win by them. Next up, let's talk about the Packers a little bit. This is going to be a different kind of game than we saw the last couple of weeks. The last couple of weeks have been a very run-oriented offense, often featuring two and a lot of times three tight ends. And against the Raiders, they would bring in a, a, a sixth offensive lineman and line him up as a tight end, and they even put him in motion a couple of times. So let's be clear, the last two games, our quarterback really only needed to manage the game and just make a couple of plays here and there. They likely could have won both those games with Dalton as the starter. Not to take any way, anything away from Justin Fields, I'm just saying they, did, they weren't asking the quarterback to do anything extraordinary in those two games. This could be the game where Fields has to put it in the air 40-plus times and has to be the reason they would win. I do expect the Bears to lose this game and be down multiple scores at some point, at least. I mean, it is Aaron Rodgers, right? Uh, The Bears haven't faced a quarterback of that quality so far this season. And Devontae Adams is the most targeted wide receiver throughout the beginning of the season. So the Bears have got to do a couple of things. They need to get after after Aaron Rodgers and they need to stay after him all game because if you let up for even one play he can make you pay for it same thing for Devontae Adams 
do not let Devontae Adams be the reason you lose. I don't care if you have to put three, four, five guys on him. Do not let him be the reason you lose. Make somebody else stand up and perform. Regardless, though, it's going to be interesting to see how this game is called and how Fields holds up to this kind of pressure facing one of the greats in the, quote, rivalry game. It's going to be fun to watch. Finally, I'm going to further my case for why the Bears need to not sign David Montgomery to an expensive long-term deal. Again, if they can get him to a reasonable amount of money, fantastic. Go for it. But if he's going to cost you top five money, you just simply can't afford it. So a couple of weeks ago, I said that David Montgomery is very talented, and I still agree with that. But the reality is he's been injured in each of the last two seasons. He's in the fourth year of his rookie deal. The Bears have a club option for year five, and I fully expect them to take up that option. But typically, before the beginning of that fifth year, a team will negotiate a long-term deal with a guy that they want to keep. I've also said that they need to be prepared for the idea that they might need to move on from him before that because they simply can't afford to pay him top money, and that still holds true. For a long time now, I've been a proponent of not paying running backs top money. It's not that they don't deserve it. It's just you can't afford it from the team perspective. These guys come in and they're phenomenal in their rookie deal. But when they reach the end of their productive years in the NFL, it's not a steady decline over a period of years like it is with some other positions. It's generally they're great finishing up one year, and then when they come back for the next year, they just don't have it anymore. Something's gone. The fact is, you can pick up veteran backs on the cheap and platoon them with later round picks on the rookie deal, and you can get by. You're not going to get the same productivity as a star in their prime, but you can get by. And because you need to spend money in other areas, it's really what the Bears need to focus on. Let's just look inside the Bears roster itself. We don't even have to look at the whole NFL for this. Against the Lions, David Montgomery rushed for 106 yards. 4.6 yards per carry. It's really good. Against the Raiders... Williams and Herbert combined for 139 yards. It's a 4.1 yard average. That's also really good. It's not 4.6, but anything over 4 is really good. This year, fourth year of his rookie deal, Montgomery is making $1.1 million this year. Williams and Herbert combined have a cap hit of 1.8. It's a little more expensive for two guys versus one. But when you look at what happens when you sign a guy to a longer-term deal, even at reasonable money, like Tariq Cohen, for example, who hasn't played a single down this year, hasn't done a lot since he got his big-money deal, 
He's got a cap hit of $3.2 million this year. Hasn't been able to even practice. These guys get hurt. It's a physical game. And for them, absolutely, take every penny you can get, right? I mean, their careers are very, very short in general. But from a team perspective, if you're looking at it from ownership, being able to provide a competent team over a long period of time, you can't make these deals. I mean, when you look at Montgomery and, and Cohen, neither guy is going to be producing for the next three-plus weeks easily. That's $4.3 million sitting on the shelf. It's tough. Now, if you want to look at the whole NFL, I can do that. I'm a big-picture guy. I love to look at the big picture. Top five rushers in pay. Number one is Derrick Henry, making $13.5 million this year, his cap hit. He is the leading rusher with 640 yards. But at $13.5 million, he's eating up 7.5% of their total cap space. On average, for a 53-man roster with the $180 million cap, you want to spend about 1.9% per player. So when you do the math, he's earning the equivalent of nearly four players to get 640 yards. We'll come back to that in a second. Saquon Barkley on his rookie deal was phenomenal. The next big thing. Last year, I believe it was last year, Injures his leg against the Bears. Misses the entire season. This was like week two or three of last year, maybe four. Misses the entire rest of the season. Knee injury. He's still recovering from it. But he's not nearly the same player as he was before. He's making $10 million this year. He's 36th, 36th in rushing in the league. There's only 32 teams. That means there's a couple of backups that have more yards than him. Melvin Gordon, another guy, phenomenal on his rookie deal. He's not even with his original team. He's with the Broncos now, making $8.9 million. He's 19th in the league in rushing. Joe Mixon, I've never considered him elite. I could be wrong. Maybe it's the market he's in. I don't know. Nothing against the young man, but he's making $8.1 million. He's fifth in the league with 386 yards rushing. 386 yards for the fifth overall guy. 640 yards for number one. That's less than 300 yards difference. Yet, Derrick Henry is making more than $5 million more this year. 
It's a lot of money. Fifth highest paid guy is Christian McCaffrey. Another guy, one healthy. Elite speed and quickness. But he's hurt. He's been hurt the last couple of years. He's making $6.9 million this year. And he's 33rd overall. Now let's look at Montgomery again. 309 yards rushing so far this year. Joe Mixon has 386 yards. Joe Mixon making $8.1 million this year. Montgomery making $1.1 million this year. Like I said, if you can sign him to a reasonable deal, go for it. But for 309 yards, you can't afford to pay him $6, $8, 10000000 million. They need to spend that money addressing the offensive line, some receiver help, because guess what? Allen Robinson, probably not going to be here next year. So they're going to need another guy. Darnell Mooney is great, but he is not a number one overall guy. If you don't have another guy there to help take pressure off him, he's not going to be able to produce at the same level he is right now. They also need to sort out tight end. Cole Komet could be the guy. I don't know. Maybe Jesper Horstead is. I know who it's not. It's not Jimmy Graham, who's got a cap hit of $10 million. Bears need to start spending their money more wisely. And their draft picks, for that matter. Anyway, those are my thoughts this week. Look forward to talking to you after the Packers game and see how that plays out. Until then, thanks for listening, and bear down. Bear down.